0: Okay, testing, Brian. Hi, this is episode sixty-one. Just so you're aware. Good evening, Brian. But you'll know that by the text you're about to get in about an hour's time to say. Oh, uh, sorry. Could you do this one quickly because it's due next week? <laughs> right. So, episode sixty-one. We're coming to the end of the road, right?
1: Uh well, yes, the end of this. The end of this road.
0: Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to the Tokyo Jazz Stories podcast. This is episode 61. I can hear James smacking in my ears already, even before I finish the intro. James, are you on the beers already? It feels like you probably Uh, are.
1: That's definitely some peripheral noise because I was completely still doing your otherwise stunning yes. introduction. Um, yes. I'm, I'm pretty good, man. How are you? Uh, where are you? You're still doing a lot of your world traveling, I know, for the book and other things, but uh, recording back home today in Belfast, yes?
0: Recording in Belfast. Um, if Scott's Jazz Club in Belfast is to be, be believed, uh, they put up a post about this European book tour, which sounded very grand. And then I tried to explain it as being in different a few different European countries and promoting the book, which just made it sound exactly like a European book tour, but it was nothing as grand (laughs) as that. But uh, I was in Germany. Uh, I can't, uh, honestly, it's funny, because when you listen back to some of the episodes, I know that we're slightly out of sync with with real time because we're not Mm. recording this and then putting it out the following week. But um, great to be in Helsinki. Uh, I was over there doing a bit of work and stayed on for a few days and finally got to meet Matti and Ami, uh from uh We Jazz magazine who run We We Jazz magazine and uh went down to Degelius Music which is an interesting place so Degelius Music apparently is a really legendary uh shop in Helsinki and funny enough in in a strange synchronicity with with jazz joints and things like that um uh it, it it actually closed. Well, I think the owner passed away or gave it up and it was then taken over by um, uh, someone else and kind of declined a bit. I think it was well known for having like a lot of jazz and a lot of world music and, you know, being a really like specific kind of collector's type shop. So interestingly, have moved. they've kept the name. They still have the old original sign in the shop and they've moved up to a slightly different area in Helsinki and a lot of the WeJazz uh, records are in there now as well as a whole other selection of records. So they've closed their shop. They still have their office where it was originally and now the shop's moved to De Ghelia. So got down there, did a little signing, met a couple of uh, lovely people, one named Jesse, very nice uh, man who came. Uh, Bought a copy of the book uh, and uh, had a bit of a chat with him. So that was great. And then last week over in Germany in Mannheim at the unbelievable Enjoy Jazz Festival, James. I tell you what, like next year, honestly, it's been going 25 years it runs for five weeks, which to me just seems like a staggering <laughs> length of time for any kind of festival. Um, but I think you would have loved it. We got I to. I
1: think it's one of the longest. Um, I know the Montreal, uh, well, that's pretty much an entire summer long in Montreal, but made up of a couple of different festivals. But yeah, five. When you when you sent me some of the pics and were like, you know, this is going on for weeks longer, I was kind of like, wait, what? Why have I not heard of this, actually? I'm surprised I hadn't, uh, I hadn't heard of it before, but it, but it looked out. Absolutely amazing. Um, well, it's but been going so 25 to, I, years. I wanted to it's ask you uh, about the uh, the record store, because it, it's really interesting you were saying that, about, especially about how uh, the ownership sort of situation and the change. Because I had a little trip myself um, a few weeks back to Southern California, uh, not really jazz related. It was some family things, but you know me. I got to sneak off to a couple of record stores. And so I was able to get to the legendary Puba Records in Pasadena, which has been open since the 70s. And um, a friend of mine here in Japan used to work there actually in the late '70s when he was living in LA. So he told me you got to go by there, and and it was almost exactly a similar situation. The original owner kind of got old, he got disillusioned with the record business, and he was just going to shut it down. And this is one of the maybe you know most five most famous record stores in all of Southern California. But luckily, a new owner came around, not only purchased all of the stock, but agreed to sort of keep the vibe of the place. And Philip, yet again, amazing. We start chatting with the, the young guy that's working there, and it comes out that, you know, my friend's opening a place in Northern California, and I live in Japan. He's like, oh, Japan. Yeah, I mean, uh, you must know about all those jazz kisa then. Philip, I kid you not is <laughs> like the first thing that he says. You're like, no,
0: tell me, <laughs> like, t- tell me more, uh, tell me more.
1: Just, uh, just a wee bit. And then, you know, so of course my buddy is like, does he know? Are you kidding? Like this guy, you know, he's put out a book and, and the guy goes like, oh, I know that. I've seen that online. Like this, that's great. I want to get a copy. So even men, we walk into these random random record stores and, and get that sort of, uh, you know, a uh, uh, awareness of what we've been doing. It was really, really awesome because it's certainly not what I was expecting. I mean, I know that we have a lot of people in the States that have been contacting us about getting the books, but maybe not so many record stores, you know? So hopefully with our next, uh, next round of printing, we can get a couple copies there. Well, look,
0: definitely. I mean, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, just to go back to to the enjoy jazz because uh, I met the the owner of the festival who again said some very lovely things about the book. But they did they set up a great listening event, which which actually was kind of in conjunction with a, a hi fi store in the in the city of Mannheim. And I think you would have appreciated it because they brought along some heavy-duty equipment from uh, stuff that we've seen. I, I think, I can't remember where the turntable is, and apologies to the audiophiles, but it's, you know, one of those turntables that has the kind of glowing blue plate. Mm-hmm. And I think he said it was about 14 grand for the thing. They, they brought along a record cleaner that was five grand alone, and I was not allowed to play any records until they'd been <laughs> thoroughly cleaned. And mm. then... Uh, as part of the listening event, you know, there was someone from the hi-fi shop, so he had these white gloves on, like a Japanese taxi driver, and only he turned up the volume, turned the volume down, put the needle on the record, and I just gave him the records with a post-it, said, you know, can you put on track two, introduced the track, talked a little bit about the project, and it was just a really nice chance to to kind of enjoy uh, music in that setting, but fantastic festival. I told you, like the Ornette Coleman tribute concert on the mm. um, <laughs> Saturday night as well it was incredible. So, yeah, massive shout out to to Enjoy Jazz Festival to Reiner, uh, the the um, the uh, not owner. What's the word? Uh, it's like a ship's helm thing. Um, <sighs> the organizer. The organizer of the festival. He's the ship's wheel. He's the ship's wheel of the festival. Um, and, um, big shout out to Henning who helped bring me over, Dennis as well. Uh, and a massive every, shout out to Ulrich every, as well, James, because I uh, met, met a German ship, journalist. Every good journalist. Met a German journalist called, um, I know, right? Um, and also a big shout out to Ulrich, uh, who uh, is a German jazz journalist that I met, and he's going to do a piece uh, about the project in Jazz Podium, which I believe is is Germany's uh, Ooh, oldest yes, jazz yes. magazine. Wonderful, So
1: wonderful. that'll be nice no, as well. That is, that is um, superb. Well, look, things are moving, man. And, I mean, we, we have more news coming, which we can we can save for a little bit later, but we do still have – I believe we've got two more episodes to document uh, from your trip here. In April is that correct? We've got today, and then next next episode will be the finale before you finished up to fly back. Is that right? But like quite a few more. Days. Yeah, so six or seven. Yeah, man. we have. I
0: mean, it's a mixed bag. So this is this is kind of always one of these interesting bits of of these trips, right? Because sometimes we're together, sometimes we're apart. Mm. Sometimes I'm going to places that you've been. Sometimes it's other places that you haven't made it to yet. And so I, I think it's always interesting to kind of do these. Some of these episodes as well, but we left it in Osaka and actually that's uh, after yeah, and a good dinner in Koreatown. We uh, parted ways on the Monday morning. I think I we got off pretty early because we were jumping on the Shinkansen down to Okayama to mm-hmm. uh, get uh, the boat over to Shikoku. Now... What do we know about Shikoku?
1: Or what do we not know about Shikoku, rather? Well, we'll probably be you know, more it's, it, accurate. it's interesting. I mean, you know, we, we know a lot of feedback from our listeners and friends and people who visited Japan many times. But Shikoku is sort of the forgotten of the four major islands. It's it's the smallest of the four. And I think it's a place that's not visited nearly as much as, obviously, Honshu, but even Hokkaido and Kyushu, which is a real shame because it's it's got its own unique special culture to it. Probably the most famous thing is it has a... A 1,200-kilometer-long Buddhist pilgrimage route, where, from the way old days, pilgrims would walk through the 88 temples, walk by foot all around the island. And you know, if you've been to Japan, you know all the islands are extremely mountainous. So this is a very strenuous pilgrimage, and some people still do actually, ever since the 9th century. Um, and then the great port town of Takamatsu, which is right across the, the bridge from Okayama City, uh, is the capital of Kagawa Prefecture, very well known for being the Udon Prefecture of Japan. Do you like Udon oh, yeah. noodles?
0: I'm not a fan of Voodon actually I think they're a bit fat for me
1: I I prefer don't love u- myself. don't love an udon. If you visit Kagawa, you've got to have it at least a couple times. So um, actually, it was it was two years ago, two summers ago, Philip, that I was down there because I was uh, I was down there doing some research for for a non jazz related article. But of course, you know me. If I'm down there, I'm going to find some jazz cafes. So I met up with uh, a Japanese uh, actually jazz drummer friend of mine. Shout out to Masashi Tomikao-san, who is from uh, Kagawa Prefecture. He had lived in New York for many years, but he returned to Japan. So we met up and I said, look, I want to go to this place called uh, Uptown, which is a really old Kisa 10. But Philip, I don't think I did my full research properly because I was sort of on assignment for this this other article, uh, because I know that you uh, actually found a couple other places that I did not hit in Takamatsu, sadly.
0: Well, yeah, there's quite a few, see, like, I don't really know Shikoku. In fact, this is, uh, in 20 years, is the first time I'd ever made it to Shikoku, And it's funny because it's one of those places, like, and I think you have this in every country. Like, if, if, if someone's from England and they say to me, oh, I'm from somewhere like, I don't know, Colchester. Sorry to anyone who lives in Colchester. You sort of go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and obviously, you know the name, but like, I could not put it on a map right without looking Mm. at a map and and looking it up and shikoku (laughs) is one of those places i think where people are like you know you would have met people over the years and they're like oh yeah i'm from like matsuyama i'm from Takamatsu." and you sort of go oh right 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 and like i think part of me was like and you know like a lot of japanese place names can be quite similar like
1: there's quite a lot of matsus there's quite a lot of yamas you know so and i think it's also that people people would have heard because you know you and i had heard same thing with me i'd only been there The first time about five, six years ago, but everybody in Japan has heard of like the folktale of Momotaro, the peach boy, which comes from Shikoku Island or Dogo Onsen, which was, you know, one of the models for the for the hot springs in uh, Miyazaki's movie, Spirited Away. So people know these sort of things from the island, whether Japanese or overseas tourists, but not yet, like you said, not a lot of people actually spend time there.
0: Yeah and actually Dogo Dogo is, uh, Onsen was where we went um and stayed that night so it was a kind of a dash to to uh, Okayama and to get over to pick up a hire car because again like you know we I wanted to combine a little bit of of tourism and holiday making with with going to some jazz places too so um we made it over to um Takamatsu picked up the car um And as you said, uh, the plan was to go to Uptown. So I made a beeline for Uptown, actually, and it was closed. Uh, well, I say it was closed. So I went to Uptown and uh, there was a man reading a paper in a window. <laughs> so I kind of popped my head around and said, oh, good morning, you know, um, just came to hang out, you know, I was hoping maybe we could come in and have a, and it was like, No, sorry, I'm not open till, I think it was 11 or something like that. So, and and it was very much, James, like we've been in these situations and we talked about Jazzy last week, like sometimes you Mm. know when to push and other times you're like, okay, that's fine, Uh, this is not happening. So we actually went off and wandered, and I think what was striking about Takamatsu, it had what felt like miles and miles of those kind of shoten guy streets. Oh, yes, yes,
1: yes, definitely. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And like walking back in time... Sometimes. It's for two reasons because it is so stinking hot there in the summertime, but it also has a lot of rainfall. So you know they put these very high sort of like clear to let the sun in, gotcha. roots, but it does keep a little cooler. And yeah, definitely a lot of those a lot of those streets and shops not pretty much unchanged since the late '60s. You can oh, yeah. tell it's kind of. Oh, like, yeah. Family runs sort of like western clothing shops, so like everything looks like it's like for 80 year old Japanese men, sweaters, you know, your kind of style, Philip. You dig that retro stuff, not me, but oh, yeah, yeah, um, definitely my look. But definitely, I noticed that too because you know, when, when I think uptown is sort of just a little bit off of one of those main shotengai uh, shopping streets,
0: yeah, I, and um, it was so so we kind of actually walked around the corner, um, and weirdly, I actually cannot remember now to be perfectly honest if. I had the name even, or whether I just stumbled on it on this Shoten Guy, but quite literally round the corner was a place called Mimosa Bird. Um, and it says on the sign, used uh, jazz forward slash used LPs. But when you look up, it just doesn't look like a record shop. So it's on the Shoten Guy, and it's like, um, Literally around the corner from Uptown. So we went
1: oh, up. Yes, I, re- I do remember. Do you remember know the place Wilson, I mean? Yes, I remember because, okay, yes, this is, I, I'm looking back through my notes from two years ago in my diary. And a um, good friend of the show, Plainstone, my great buddy here in Tokyo, who's who collects a lot of records, he actually told me about that. And he said, look, it's, it's, it's a record shop, but it's also a cafe, so try to get there. But they were closed.
0: Well, it's actually not a record shop anymore, which is it was mm. kind of the interesting thing. So what happened was it actually says record cafe. so so it's sort I suppose it says both. but <clears throat> we went up and it was uh, not in any shape or form really recognizable as what you would or what we would think of as a jazz kisa, but mm. also clearly a jazz place. So <clears throat> we went in and again, it's becoming a theme on this trip. but, they were getting ready for a very what looked like it was going to be a very busy lunch service, right? <laughs> so there was a you what, you came in on the left, and there was it was quite clean the space, like there wasn't much on the walls. There was like a couple of uh, album covers, uh, there was a poster of Miles and stuff like that. And when you come in on the left, there was a counter um, where people were very busy, and it was full. Like there was there was older people all sitting at the counter having coffee. And having food. And then to the left where what used to be, I later found out, the record shop space had all been cleared. And it just had almost like trestle tables, like not non-permanent tables kind of set up. Mm. And all of them had the places laid, you know, for like a lunch kind of service. And it was really weird. And like the owner was sort of sat behind, in between these two things was the cash register and he was sat in behind them. So we just went in and like as as we do and you kind of go in and kind of figure out, right, okay, well, what's, you know, like what's the crack here? Like what's, is this a place at all? Like, you know, am I going to be able to photograph? Like, you know, all those kind of things. So we ordered a coffee, which in itself felt like a kind of an odd thing to do because people were just getting tucked into like full full lunches at this point. Um, I'll give you some hints. I'll give you some hits there, James. There's, uh, let's see, there's a nice... Uh, Buddha, Buddha, a nice pork uh, and bean oh. sprout, uh, onion sauce. You would like that, right? Uh, uh, what about a please, uh, chicken ma- chicken mayonnaise miso yaki? Oh, what about that? Lord,
1: please, please stop. Nope, nope. Go- going behind the curtain, I've, I've just come from a very, very heavy. Grilled Korean barbecue birthday dinner for my son. So the last thing I want to do is hear about jazz kisaten chicken and mayonnaise. That <laughs> just you don't want to put you don't you don't want a pork and a
0: pork uh, and eggplant with oyster sauce. No, no. Anyway, that's just some of the that's just some of the menus that were coming up that week. But look, it looked very nice, you know, like probably pretty decent food, you know, full set. You get your rice, you get your miso soup, you get your pickles, all the all the usual sort of stuff. But there wasn't really too much trace of jazz. So as we sat there and had the coffee, I kind of called over to the owner and said, oh, you know, I'm just curious. You know, it it says record shop. And and he was actually very nice. Once we got talking and we started to chat and he told me that it's the 16th year it's been there. Um, And actually it was a record shop and a cafe until 2021. And then they switched over to become a lunch place. Um, mm, mm, and there isn't really too much more to say about it. I mean, it was, it was, I, I took some photographs, which, you know, eventually will go up on Um, It obviously has that footprint as a jazz cafe. Um, but like, again, 2021, I suppose, is a significant year in terms of maybe customers and COVID and all those things. And for whatever reason, I think he just wasn't feeling the record shop thing, whether he was making any money off it or not. I mean, we all know like being in a record shop business is is pretty competitive especially these Mm. days with with the internet and stuff like that so uh, they switched over and I mean I would say based on the amount of tables doing a pretty roaring trade for lunch I mean there was a lot of um there was a lot of places laid out like I would say they were doing 20-30 covers there for lunch and uh he just seemed the master he just seemed sort of resigned to what it was and he was very pleased um that I was asking, I think, you know, sort of kind of almost but bit bemused, like that re- same reaction that we often get, you know, well, and probably I, the I only it, staff. I
1: think it's, uh, I think it's interesting, Philip, because, you know, I mean, we, we've seen places like, say, for example, in Tokyo, like Rompocichi, an old favorite of ours in Nakano, which opened 10 plus years ago. And they, they made a sort of a big effort to sort of attract the lunch crowd, I think, for a couple of reasons. One, you get maybe some of the non-jazz people to come in and spend some money and come back again if the food's good. Um, and two, you know, people are drinking less, so you're making less money on the alcohol that you probably used to sell. So as a, as a business model, I think that we're probably going to see more and more of this type of thing.
0: Yeah, which also, I mean, reminds me of, of uh, Dante that we talked about in Morioka as well, because actually that when Tom and I were in there, the only other two customers were people who were having the lunch set I mean, they were. They might have been into jazz, but they weren't there specifically because it was a jazz kisa. By any means, it was. It was. They were office workers who were on their lunch. You know. So, mm. um, I think if you remember correctly, as I was leaving, I shot something. Again, one of those things that you see in Japan, just hanging in a hallway, and no one, no one ever takes it or even dreams of, of removing it. But uh, there's a very large. It's about your sort of size, actually. The big baggy t-shirts. Um, it, it, it's a <laughs> cannonball. Cannonball Adderley t-shirt, and it, the quote says, I hate crowds unless they're paying customers to see Cannonball. And I think you asked me to get you the t-shirt, not realizing it was just a bit of memorabilia hanging in a, hanging in a dusty I, stairwell.
1: I, I remember that, and I remember almost <laughs> immediately texting you, just like, just buy that and pay whatever, and I'll give it back to you because, as you know, I'm a huge Cannonball Adderley and I'm a huge jazz t-shirt fan. So that that was, yeah, I would have, I'll go back and check if it's still there, and I'll just make an offer for it. Why not? I mean,
0: it looks like it's been there for many, many years and I wouldn't be surprised if he was happy enough to sell it to you. But uh, anyway, so like that was Mimosa Bird, which was, you know, again, like I I think probably... Interesting, purely from the point of view of, you know, you go specifically to say, see somewhere like Uptown that we knew about and is is kind Mm. of has a reputation as well known. And just in wandering and killing time, you're able to go around the corner and discover another place which, you know, has this history and is Mm. part of this culture. And to me, that's amazing, right? Because what we're talking about here, okay, it's a a big city, but it's also a regional city, right? And again, you know, I think- Well, I mean,
1: big is is very relative because it's- Relative, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 four, basically 450,000 people. And think of the equivalent size city in the States, in, in in somewhere that's more, like you said, in the regions, they'll be like one, at best, jazz bar or music bar even. You know what I mean? And in Takamatsu, yeah. I remember uh, when I was walking with my buddy there, in the evening we were going to grab a bite, and, and I saw this gigantic Jamaican flag. And I was like, well, oh, that's got to be a reggae joint. Sure enough, little reggae bar. Music, DJ events, Jerk Chicken, you know, again, right around the corner from the jazz as well, you know? So so these regional cities in Japan always are packed with music bars, not just the jazz keys. It's, it's just remarkable.
0: Yeah, it's incredible, but, you know... Uh, long may it continue. So by that point I think we'd, we'd, we might have gone and grabbed some food actually and um, by that point it was it was officially time for Uptown to open. So we returned to Uptown. So James what to say about Uptown? I'm curious because we've both been there but not together and it sounds okay. from your hints that we've had sort of interesting experiences to say the least.
1: I I would say that's uh, understating it a little bit, yes. Um, Okay, the the first thing would be, and and this is in no way criticism, it's one of the things we love about the jazz, Kisaten. Um, They sometimes can raise the art of clutter to levels that previously I've unexperienced with, okay? Um, Uptown would be in definitely the top five most cluttered spots um, but again, because it's a regional place, it's not in Tokyo or Osaka, it's bigger. It's, it's definitely much more of a bigger space. But when we came in, I couldn't even see where the owner was because the counters and the tables were all covered with stacks of books and records and CDs and just even even under the one of the chairs at the counter were these gigantic jars of what I found out were umeshu, plum liquor. He makes his own plum liquor. We've seen that as well too, a couple of times, right? <laughs> so imagine this place with all of these different things just visually. And then uh, again, yeah, it must be his daily ritual. He was reading the newspaper. I have it right here in the notes. Um, Owner reading newspaper, speaks a little quirky, not sure I understood everything in Japanese, Um, may be a little bit of strange dude. This is what I have in the notes. And um, then I've got triply underlined. Um, he said to me in Japanese, once I explained that, you know, I loved going around to Kisaten and this, that, and the other, and, and he said in, in Japanese, uh, in the local dialect, he said, uh, ossan akihenno, which basically means like, aren't you tired of all these stinky old men? Which was a very like funny thing to say because it's kind of self-deprecating because he himself is that age. And I said, oh, well, you know, I mean, uh, they're, they're pretty good. And he's like, well, you know, I'm one of the youngest owners and I'm in my 60s. And I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty funny. But slowly as he started to talk, I started to get a feeling that this guy was definitely going off on his own direction it just there was just something and my friend who's of course a native speaker and native to the region was picking up on it as well because he was sort of elbowing me and giving me the side eye and he's being like this guy's a little quirky man and then um when i finally got down to my usual philip as you know my usual uh jazz kisa q a mode with the notebook coming out and i said well, dog. How, long, how long have you <laughs> how long have you been open i'm not joking this was his answer 30 fucking years, <laughs> he says in really good English. And I was just like, wow, okay, because we've been speaking in Japanese the whole time, but I guess he thought that, oh, you know, bringing out the, the the 30 fucking years would make it sound like kind of, you know, oh, I would appreciate the English. I thought it was pretty funny, if not a little bit unusual. The, his manner was just completely different to almost any owner um, I've ever met. Yeah, that's why I've, yeah, that's why I've yeah. got it, I've got it underlined here, friendly but quirky. Uh, lives upstairs where he has more records and um I'm not ordering the umeshu. <laughs> as you know me, I ain't ordering any homebrew from these guys. So um, that was the extent of my notes. It, uh, yes, definitely a little bit memorable. Um, but, you know, we didn't stay long. I think we had a coffee. We talked a little bit of music. He he did have some new albums, which was interesting. He had some more current releases on CD, plus the usual, you know, rack of old records as well. Um, but, yeah, it was just something a little different about him that I didn't feel like we would want to stay for an hour sort of, you know, talking music for that long. Do you you remember where you sat? I sat at the counter uh, by the front. Right. Yeah, well, look,
0: I mean, I wanted to tell you about this at the time, but um, I thought I'll save it for the podcast. I mean, as it turns out, that was like, didn't realize it was going to be six or seven months down the line, but hey, look, we're busy. But (laughs) I mean, you know, I would say probably, look, we know, like the jazz Kisa owners, like to be to, to do this full stop, right? You have to be eccentric. You know, and we've talked about like particular owners, people like um, you know, Basie's owner, Sugar San. We've talked about, you know, Samurai's owner, mm. um, and you know, even people like Hayasan San, who runs Candy. But like, this was, I would say, the first time this guy was odd to me, like it wasn't eccentric. He was just really odd. And I would say it's probably the first time I've really felt uncomfortable, actually. Like I felt quite uncomfortable being there. And like, I wanted to stay and talk and I wanted to photograph, but also I just wanted to leave because it just, I left with such a weird feeling. So um, I'll set the scene. I mean, we, we came back obviously, um, you know, and he couldn't say don't come in because, you know, he was open and he put us at this table um, at the window. Like, so Backs to the window and looking down at the thing. And as you say, like, I mean, you didn't mention the grand piano either. So there's a grand piano in there too, (laughs) under all that clutter. (laughs) Yes. Right. right. And and it's got like this. (laughs) You know, it, I mean he's he actually told me i have been open for 40 years, right? So mm. um but so it has this kind of like and it has this 80s feel like there's these silver it's like a silver counter. Um some of the chairs are like silver framed with like kind of leather upholstery and you know, so it, you can really pinpoint like the kind of era. But it, it kind of started like he, he you know, it was all very like, what do you want to drink? And so we ordered a coffee and he brought that over and do you want milk? And the milk came in a little jug and all that sort of stuff. And then he kind of started to bring over these books, you know, because um, I said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm actually just traveling around and, you know, we've been up in Osaka and we're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he, when I told him about photographing, I think actually maybe I had my, my camera just sitting, you know, um, he brought over these books. And one of them was this Jazz, uh, is it Jazz Kisa 69, I think, or Jazz Road 69 or something. So, and he was in that, right? So he, you know, he'd been photographed before. So I thought, oh, this is, you know, this is good. He's kind of showing me these and da 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 And so we chatted a bit more and he put on some music and it was just like an oddness. And, and weirdly, like he, he kind of sat like at a table, but like opposite, but about, I don't know, six or eight feet away. And sort of just, it, he just didn't seem comfortable at all. And he was kind of muttering. And anyway, then he came over to to either get the books back or bring the books over. And um, I said, so would it be okay to take some photos? And he just looked at me and like cocked his head and stuck out his tongue. <laughs> and I was so... I, what, like and we, but, but in what?
1: Man, I mean, what manner was like, like as a as a joke or as a like? Sure. Well,
0: like, this was the thing. It was or? so it was so weird, right? And we know, like, I mean, sticking out a tongue in Japan is quite rude, right? Yeah. So
1: yes, it,
0: and I, I was so taken aback, and I just uh, and so I I had exactly the question you just asked. I was like, is this a joke? I and then I so I just sort of kind of went. Ah, damn it, this guy! You know, oh, is it is it not okay? And he just sort of did it again, and then he just walked off and sat at the table. And I was so kind of shocked. And obviously, I was with Julie, and I was like, "Oh, this is like not a thing that happens in like in Japan, in particular, like this kind of gesture." And it's just, and I was mm. so thrown by the whole thing. And I just thought it was so unusual compared to any other experience like we've had. And we often say, I mean, there was the one place where. I don't know if it was necessarily us, but, you know, they they didn't want anyone taking any photos of this place, right, or whatever, mm, mm, mm. Um, in Tokyo. But this is the first time where it's been like a direct refusal from the owner, you know, particularly in this kind of place, like not a more modern, you know, hipper kind of place. Mm. And I just was so completely taken aback. And I just it just made everything feel very uncomfortable. And I do wonder, I mean, having observed and spoken with them, I do wonder... You know, was there an element of sort of maybe cognitive decline or something? Like it just, something didn't feel like, oh, this guy's an eccentric. It just felt like he was really... That's really okay. Yeah, a bit that, odd, you know. That's
1: interesting, the, the, Philip. This is interesting for a, a lot of reasons, but um, I, I'm thinking. Okay, so like I said in the notes, I'd written down that the guy seemed quirky and eccentric. Um, I think one reason being that that I was with a Japanese person, a local, perhaps that sort of yeah made him a little more relaxed even though i could speak japanese but it wasn't quite the same thing as you and julie walking in and then you pull the camera out you know i mean that's obviously a different a different vibe for him perhaps but but i'm wondering yeah because the the like you said we, we the world of the jazz kisa is 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 out it's outside mainstream life in japan always has been and so it's it's attracted people who are more individualistic or, or quirky or centric, artistic, whatever you want to say, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I totally can understand that feeling because I think that maybe there was, there was something. Now he wasn't, he didn't strike me as being that old. Um, but of course that, that that doesn't necessarily have any relation to, to whatever condition he may have. But um, uh, you mentioned, okay, about sticking your tongue out. It is rude in Japanese culture, it's something that you do. It's something that kids usually do. Where they, you'll stick your tongue out and you pull one eye down, and it's sort of just yeah. like you know, it's like when we say like na 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 nah, or something like that. Yeah, you know, and that's exactly and, that's exactly the feeling of yeah. of what
0: it was. The way he kind of the way he kind of did that, you know, and
1: which is and but, just but to be clear, like I'm not, weird I'm not for a grown up to do.
0: Very odd, very, very odd. The whole the whole thing was very odd. Not least, of course, as well. Like, I mean, he's running a cafe. It's not like I stopped mm. some guy in the street and said, can I take your photo? I mean, like I'm in yeah. here as a paying customer. And just to be clear, like I'm not suggesting, oh, well, he wouldn't let me take photographs, so there must be cognitive decline. I mean, I have people in my family who are suffering <laughs> that kind of thing. So I understand, like, you know, yes, you can yes. see certain signs, right? There's certain things, just even the way that someone interacts and the way that he was kind of, even just by himself, like when he was just sitting sitting at mm. the table and we were just having coffee and chatting to each other. Mm. And he was, you know, there's just an element of like, this man is just not at ease, like with himself in the way that he was kind of behaving. And it it was just a very strange experience and kind of, I mean, and, you know, look, you can take things personally and obviously it's not. And I think we're just, but I think it's also, it took me a while, like as we're driving to the next place to just be like, you're kind of just processing it because you're like we're so used to coming out of places just like totally buzzing or you know Mm. being like wow that was Mm. weird but like Mm. you never we never you never used you never really experienced that feeling of coming out feeling like a bit sort of like uncomfortable and sort of awkward and like okay it's not the end of the world right but it's just it's so unusual in 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 the kind of lived experience we've had uh, of it you know
1: I've, I've just flipped pages of my diary. I do have one more here we go. from my from my buddy. Uh, so he said to me after we left I've got it scrawled in here and I was probably writing as we walked but uh, it says Masters Japanese was a little strange. Now he he said this to me before I said anything you know uh, so so that was his impression again and, and as somebody who's local so who understands the dialect um, and so I think that you know look you and I both speak Japanese but I, I would hardly say that we're, we're fluent and sometimes nuance or tone can be a little bit tricky because you're concentrating so hard on just making sure you get all the vocabulary you know what I mean um, especially when you're you know in a loud cafe there's music playing and you know you're kind of on like you know we're on documentary mode you know what I mean so you don't want to you don't want lose anything Thing, but sometimes that sort of feeling of personality or the way tone comes out in Japanese goes over my head at least. Um, so the fact that my buddy just just mentioned it immediately. It was sort of like, oh, okay, so there was something a little bit different about this dude and the way that he talked. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm really curious to know if if any of our we I know a lot of our listeners are like us and they've been to Japan and traveled around. Now, Uptown's not exactly you know a major spot on the map, nor is Shikoku. But if any anybody listening has been there, you know, please do let us know what your experiences were. And, and I'm going to get on uh, right away tomorrow, Philip, to the um, to to the Japanese uh, jazz kisa group on Facebook, which has thousands of members, most of whom are Japanese. Um, And I'm not gonna say anything, I'm just gonna be like, hey, has anybody been to Uptown in Takamatsu? Because I've noticed that the, the dialogue on there is pretty free. Um, people tend to give their stories, the kind of stories that you and I tell in English. A lot of them will share that, like, "Oh yeah, that guy was really crazy," or "He was really drunk that night." You know what I mean? They don't tend to hold back on their opinions of the jazz cases. So I'd be, I'd be curious to, to know if anybody else has been there and, and had a similar, uh, you know, experience or impression. But it's certainly the most odd. Well, is it a non-refusal? Did did he actually say, "Do not take photos," or or did he just do that and sit down? Well. I mean, not in so many words, but I mean, it
0: was very clear, like, I mean, there was Mm. no way I was going to sort of be like, either, and you know, I mean, this has also been one of the challenges of the project, which, you know, isn't a challenge we've really had to deal with, but, you know, I I snapped a couple of pictures when he went out out the back, but obviously I wouldn't use those or put those on the site or anything like that, because, um, you know, that's part of the deal, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, like it's done with access that we negotiate it's done with permission um and if someone says no then i wouldn't you know uh, take photos and, and share them. I, they were just purely for my own reference in terms of being able to talk about this place. And, you know, look, all the experiences we have, even turning up to places, um, you know, that are closed and so on, is all part of this this kind of experience and the adventure of the project. So, like, it's, it, you know, it wasn't the end of the world and it was kind of disappointing because it was a really nice place and very photogenic. So it would have been great to been able to photograph it. And also having known that it was photographed before, you know, you think, well, it should be fine. But then again, like, who knows what that experience was like, you know? I mean, for, for other, and I'm not not not, not casting any shade on any other photographers, but, you know, it was in this Jazz, uh, I think it's Jazz Kisa 1600, Jazz Road. I think it's Jazz Road 1600, Jazz Kisa. And there's a couple that actually he was in. So who knows, right? Maybe that was something that he agreed to, and then photos were taken he didn't like, or, you know, like he didn't like the experience or something. So, you know, there's no context for it, but it was just so um it was just so unusual to to well, the you know, to the it's, normal it's, experience it's yeah. funny
1: i'm looking i'm looking back on my photos from july 2021 and i took a whole bunch but just quick ones on my phone maybe he wasn't even he wasn't even aware that i was doing it and and there is <laughs> there is one really great one he do you remember his very large vacuum tube amplifier that was on the yeah. counter And, uh, you know, I was there in the summer, so you can imagine how hot it was. And he had a a little white fan, actually not that little, about the size of the amp, just just sitting right next to it, just keeping it cool, you know, which I'd never seen before either. But, you know, again, it's really hot down south. So, I mean, he clearly, you know, and uh, yeah, looking back at the pictures again, the sheer amount of music that he had in there was pretty impressive. I mean, he had so much old vinyl, but baskets and baskets do you remember he had about 10 of these big white baskets full of like contemporary jazz cds as well which you don't always see in a lot of kisa. so yeah um, definitely musically it was really interesting but i mean yeah the clutter the grand the grand piano which yeah i i I, there's a reason i forgot it when you look at the picture you can barely see it i mean it's just stacked with stuff on top of it so um yeah i just just looking at my photos Mm-hmm. Just look at my photos,
0: actually. Well, it was 20 past one, so it must have been one o'clock he opened, which kind of really dragged the day back a bit, because, you know, where we I was hoping to go in, have a coffee, and
1: mm-hmm. head on.
0: The two books, it was actually, it was Shikoku Jazz Road was was the first book, actually. And then the other mm-hmm. one was Jazz, uh, uh, let's see, Portrait in Jazz Kisa 69. So... um so it was Nihon Jazz Kisa 69 or one of those books so there was actually two books and I think he was in both of them so you know he had Mm. uh, he had had this experience but then again like who knows when that was and um, I also in the toilet managed to snap a a very nice a very snazzy uh, toilet roll cover which is um, sort of padded and embroidered and I, I think is that Thelonious Monk in sort of embroidery I don't know but there's a trumpet anyway and then a picture of what I suspect is Thelonious Monk, it's hard to tell. I'll put that on the Instagram well, he had if anyone's no got had a any cool, ideas who he, that is. He had,
1: a really, he had a really cool thing on one wall, um, looking back on the pics here. It's it's sort of a almost a graffiti-style mural. Like a mural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. It's, it's, it's 52nd Street in New York, like in the 40s Yeah, 40s. yeah. It's got like a picture of like the Onyx Club and a, and a sort of a figure playing a saxophone. So you can see like the place has like – a, a, a lot of really interesting things going on. It's just that Yeah, I mean I I, I would hope that it's maybe, you know, maybe it is just a quirkiness thing. I I, I hope that, that he's not, you know, actually suffering from something that we'd we 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 are not able or qualified to 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 diagnose. But yeah, definitely one of the more more memorable that was not the story I was expecting, Philip. I have to I have to well, say. You, you I mean it could surprised be surprised me with this one because I was I was could expecting just be something very different. It could yeah. it,
0: it could just be the jazz keys have broken. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> um, it's funny because the the trail sort of gets warm again in, in the final place that I'm going to chat about today. Actually, so we'll we'll have a little call back to uptown to finish up. But look, talking about disappointment. Um, once we left uh, Takamatsu, we kind of headed around the coast road uh, to a place called Mitoyo which again I suspect it's one of those places you probably wouldn't go ordinarily but you follow the coast road round and you get there and there's a place um by the roadside which I suppose is it's sort of a combination of some of the other places' it's called accent um and the short story is it was closed um but it was in a quite a new quite a new house um but almost like a swingville place that we talked about recently you know it was kind of on the roadside uh, felt right. like quite coffee and cake probably nice curry set or something for lunch or you know probably homemade food um maybe someone's retired rebuilt their house opened this place you know is that
1: kind of that kind it of even, joint but it even it even looks a little bit like uh like one of the you know retired Jazz fan salaryman opens a place in their house, like a little Brooklyn in Chiba or a slow boat. Like from the pictures that that you can see online, it sort of has that same sort of style to it, you know?
0: Yeah, so, they have a very big they have a very big sign on the on the sort of main pillar that looks out of the house that looks out onto the street, which says um "Accent Why Hirano Plays," like a sort of a mock up. Uh, mm. record label and it has the the track listing is coffee track two sandwiches track three lunch track four juice <laughs> and track five dessert so there you it's, go it's huge. I mean
1: it's it's huge actually it's huge I mean, and I think yeah. it's I think
0: it's a house upstairs because you uh. can see like there's curtains and so on yeah, now, the, yeah. the sign on the door said uh, it was closed that day uh, but to be honest it felt like it was closed N- not necessarily for good but it didn't Mm. feel like it was just a take UB you know it felt like it it's Ah, definitely sort of maybe it'd been closed for for a bit um, or it was going to reopen you know in this sort of summer season or something I I don't know but anyway look I we've you know passed it photographed outside uh, and we have a record of it so you know who knows at some point we may get back to it but that brings me to the final place today James which is one of those places where I just like I'm I'm just gonna put my heart on the on the line. I'm just gonna put. I'm just gonna wear my heart on my sleeve. Do you know what I'm gonna say I just missed you being there, and that's no oh, shade okay. on Julie, but like, <laughs> it was one of those places where you walk in and you are like, "What the actual hell is this?" Like, it is just an unbelievable place. So basically, it's in a town called Imabari, which again. Probably not a town that you'd necessarily be in unless you were looking for something specific. It took ages to try and find a place to park. Ended up somewhere like the city hall, had free parking, walked back round uh, and walked into this place called Maniana. Now, I hadn't hadn't twigged that what that actually, because I was, oh, Maniana, Maniana. Like, what is it to do with Mania? Like being manic about collecting. Of course, what it actually was, was Maniana.
1: Mm-hmm. It was a ver- it was a
0: katakana version of mañana, like the Spanish for tomorrow, right? So I was and only when the owner explained that I was like, oh, mañana, okay. <laughs> it's like I was like, mañana, mañana. Anyway, this place, James. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, you just can't. You can't. I'm I'm gonna just send you. Um, I'm gonna send you a picture right now of what it looks like, and tell me what other kind of space you think it reminds you of, because. Straight away, this kind of bright green conjures up a totally different I, place. I,
1: I, Philip, I, I know what you're going to send me already because, uh, coincidentally, a couple months ago, a friend of mine who was traveling down south sent, sent me a very, uh, funny right picture. Yes. It's, um, okay. How would, how would we say this? Um, well, it's, well, it looks like a casino. It looks so like a casino, I, right? I, I, I was I was gonna just I was just gonna say our our American friends, any of our American uh, audience friends listening, will will know that that kind of like green that you see in casino tables in Vegas. So so imagine you've got that as your counter, but the rest of the decor is is some combination of antique kit shop and like U.S. diner. That's that's basically how I would say it. Uh, it's a staggering and, place. It, it's a staggering it's just place. Shockingly, shockingly full of stuff. You know what I mean? Just like talking. But
0: you and would appreciate the stuff. outside too because uh it, it, it actually on the outside it actually uses the word shop, which I know you you love, but it, <laughs> it actually says jazz shop mm. manana. Um and uh when you go in, like you say, it, it's actually a circular. So there's about 10 seats. So when you go into this place, it's it, the roof feels low. It's one of those places the roof feels low. There is this circular green, like bright green, like snooker table green or pool, you know, billiard table green uh counter that is is, is in the round. And there's like 10 seats around that. And that's it. There's nowhere else to sit um and then there's the speakers obviously the walls are covered completely covered with pictures a lot of the old owner actually and different kinds of like memorabilia the roof uh, has stuff on it and then there's two big speakers and the owner who was just the loveliest most gracious lady um cuz I'd stuck my head in initially to say hi I've come here to visit this place, but I can't park my car. Do you know where I can park my car? <laughs> so she sent me she sent me to the city hall. so I came back. so she was kind of expecting us back and we came in. and my my regret is just that I didn't buy uh, sorry, I didn't photograph the um the the whole space more quickly because actually, very soon after that, a couple of customers came in. Hmm. and inevitably in a place like that, you just can't. Like you can't not talk to each other, so of course, then we started up the conversation. Oh, where are you from? Oh, Ireland. Oh, what are you doing here? And oh, why do you speak Japanese? And, da, 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 da. and we chatted. And anyway, apparently, the, the the you know some of the sort of things I picked up was that it's been there sixty years. Um, it was owned by this original owner who opened it, and he was inspired by Charlie Mariano.
1: Mm-hmm. That was all I. That
0: was all, that was all I. That was all I got. Uh,
1: he then obviously died and actually the um Well the, well Char- the, sorry to sorry to interrupt but Charlie Mariano of course was married to uh Akio Shitoshiko, the great Japanese yeah, pianist. So he was exactly, he was yeah. extremely extremely famous here, probably at that time period that the owner would have opened the joint, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he opened that place and um she was a customer who took it over basically to keep it open Um, because it has very much, again, this local, and this Mm. is where the, you have this kind of intersection with like jazz Kisa and just a local coffee shop, because a lot of these towns, you know, don't necessarily have these places and you you go Mm. to them and they don't have all the, the choice that you maybe expect from bigger Japanese cities. And, you know, two or three people came in. It was very much like a, you know, you didn't order anything. Your usual just got slid across the counter. And the owner herself was like, look, I was not a massive jazz fan. Like, I'm sort of learning. And she was putting mm-hmm. on his records and well, she's we, kind of like taught we've herself. That,
1: uh, we've heard that many times, you know, from the people who've taken them over, that they, they learned through the collection that was already there, you know. Um, yeah, there yeah. There is a website. Uh, it's not a shop affiliated website. It's it's a profile of the place. Uh, right. But it heavily it heavily features pictures of of what I assume is the original owner, but this is about ten yes. years ago, so before he 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 passed on. And Philip, th- th- again, the sheer amount of stuff in here, like the oh, it looks it's like unreal. laser. Is it like laser discs that are hanging from the ceiling? Um, there's plastic fruit. <laughs> there's a there's looks like an Ultraman uh, doll at one part hanging over the ceiling, um, and then a whole wall of, like, magazines and CDs. Um, and yeah, for yeah. And whatever When reason, you go in on
0: the left, there's when you, a whole when bunch you go in of on the left, there's license big...
1: plates as well. Like we've Yes, seen yes, that that's before. right. Sometimes that's the right. Japanese, the older Japanese guys love that American car culture. So he's got a couple, like, one from Alabama. I mean, it's like, where, where would he even gotten this, you know?
0: Yeah, that's right. On the left-hand side, when you go in, there's a whole... Really nicely kept, like, rack of like, a, there's a couple of uh, portraits of the owner, but there's a lot of magazines and, um, and like, uh, you know, jazz magazines and things like that. And there's like Brutus and other stuff like that. So, like, it's definitely a space that people are going in and, um, you know, having their afternoon, their afternoon or morning coffee and chatting and reading the newspaper, it's got that feel to it, you know. And from outside, I mean again, it, it just it looks like a complete like it just looks like a shack, right? I mean it's got that sort of garrow
1: <laughs> Yeah I mean, it's just yeah, unreal. It's, like how is yeah, it
0: even standing still?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just great. I mean it's just um it's it looks it there's not another jazz keys that looks like this. It looks like a thrift store or a Japanese yeah. version of a, of yeah. a thrift slash antique Exactly. May serve coffee. Yeah. But then you look in between all of this bric-a-brac, you see the wall of CDs and the vinyl and a couple jazz posters as well. And, and and even some, what looked to seem, some pretty deep albums, but also a bunch of new releases as well. I see he's got like some of the, uh, the Philip, that must've been your corner there, Nora Jones and Diana Krall. Uh, yes. Yeah, so oh, yeah. They, they, yeah. they knew that you were coming. Um, and also, <laughs> Always up for this, you know, that kind of like LED clock, the kind you see that like, it's like you see it like in the airport or like in the stock exchange, like the really big, bright letters and, yeah. and numbers. Um I think Umi and Saitama had one of those for reasons completely unknown, but it looks like Maniana has one of those too. And from the photo, it looks really bright as well. So just- It's just unbelievable. Every, it was just- Everything about the place looks crazy.
0: It's just one of those places, you know. And interestingly, a part of this conversation then got up, got round to, the, "Well, what are you doing?" And like, "Why are you here?" And you know, "What places have mm. you been to?" And me, me also trying to figure out, like, "Sorry, sorry, you know, what are these other places?" And so on and so forth. Um, and actually, then of course, uptown came up. So, and, and this made me feel slightly better because. The 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 sort of analysis of uptown, as far as this customer was concerned, was basically yaru kiga which you know translates roughly as basically mm. that guy's given up the that guy's given up the ghost, like he doesn't have the will to do it anymore. Which mm-hmm. you know may be a conscious thing, maybe because of his situation, who knows? But it was kind of interesting to me that that was already the kind of sense that they had of, of oh, okay. that uptown, it, which is not very necessarily close, you know. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I like mean, these, as we know these, there is
1: but these people yeah you know the, the, the regulars that we meet especially you know say if they're if they're living in Imabari in, in Shikoku but you know they'll likely get up to Takamatsu or down to Matsuyama or whatever and they'll visit some of these places so word, so word, you know word would get around it spreads that's, that's, yeah yeah that's for very, sure it's very interesting and Philip I don't know if I'm sure we have talked about this a little bit but I think it's one thing that's interesting is that when we talk with uh, what what they call in japanese the jorensan the regulars the people who are regulars of of the of the place you know um we found like a mixed thing sometimes like you've got that very sort of formal sort of politeness of you know oh you guys your japanese so good oh your projects amazing you have like that conversation which we've had a million times and it's quite boring but sometimes you might start talking, you have a couple of drinks. And and I think this is definitely the case when you get outside of the bigger cities, people are just a little bit more straightforward. Uh, And, and, and we have, I think the advantage of Look, sometimes being a foreigner in Japan is a great disadvantage, but sometimes it's also a great advantage because people will open up to you because you're, well, what, who cares if I tell you what I really feel? You're a foreigner anyway. You, you don't know me. You don't know my circle. I don't have to adhere to rather strict social sort of, you know, manner that a lot of people in, in Japanese society have to do so. So I know that over the years I've had some of the most, if not the most um, open, honest, direct, and and sometimes shocking conversations in jazz cafes with people that I just met, where they would very openly give your opinion on something controversial, whether it's politics or even music, they'll argue about music. And Philip, you lived through 20 years, you know that Japan's not an arguing place. People just don't do it, you know what I mean? Generally, you know, compared yeah. to especially especially where we come from, you know. But I, I found that that in the, there's something about that that freedom in the jazz kusa world where people really do sort of like oh you know what we can we can talk openly and that goes doubly true when like you know they're talking to somebody who is basically a foreigner. Um. So so that I think that that's interesting that they would you know you're right within the conversation you say you went to uptown and then they'll immediately give like a very honest because frankly that's a that's a rather Another sharp comment in the Japanese uh, context don't but I you, suppose
0: mate? yeah and I suppose also that I mean you know I mean maybe, maybe we romanticize it as this like we're all in this kind of jazz world together you know like and we're all working towards some sort of imaginary goal but I mean the reality is these plays are businesses and probably like certainly at one time, were competitive for customers as well. So, you know, you you have to also factor that kind of jealousy and competitiveness in. And like, we all know, you know, like any, like even smaller cities, you know, that I've lived in, you know, there's maybe one or two, there's kind of like two, like say, soul clubs and they're kind of don't mix and don't cross-pollinate and like you think well why if you both you know if you all love soul music or you all love swing music or whatever it might be why would you not all just sort of but that's just the way the nature of things right and and you know music scenes tend to be cliquey and they tend to be kind of competitive and so there could be an element of that and what was really interesting about that is not not uptown but actually and and again in this city which you know in not a lot there like I'll be honest not a lot there at all Mm. but three three doors down there's another jazz kisa called Jug. I and did not know. That in in in, in yeah.
1: Imabari City, really
0: on the on the same street, like it is what? literally okay. three or four doors down. I did and not I said know that. to them, "Wow, okay." And I said to them because I was asking them about other places, right? You know, like mm. on 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 uh, on Shikoku, and weirdly they didn't mention Jug, and so I said, and and the sign says Jazz and Coffee Jug. And then it has jug in in Katakana as well. And the sign was just, like the lit up sign was sitting in the doorway. So it wasn't like it was closed forever. Um, I can't remember. I think it was closed that day, which is why I didn't. I I would have probably considered coming back in the evening, but like I just was Mm. trying to also balance, like having a bit of a holiday and not driving like, you know, excessive amounts, just, you know, whatever. Um, But when I mentioned Joe, I said, oh, and this place, jug like down the thing and they were like oh yeah yeah they they open at five and then there was just this kind of like tumbleweed moment you know where like it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like the wind blew in and I was like oh okay so you're not like you're not all working uh, okay. towards the, the the same jazz goal clearly and you know which I mean it was fascinating right so who knows what's going on there so but the fact that those two places were next to each other you know probably makes sense in the 60s or whatever mm. but like the fact that they're both still there and both still going in this very well, downhill I gotta, I, I, kind of regional I, I, city.
1: I, I got to get down to Imabari. I'm, I'm just looking it up now and I'm seeing a, a couple of comments about Jug from just a few months ago. And then uh, there's even one in, strangely enough, there's one in uh, English. No, it's still in the auto-translate. Sorry. Yeah. This one's in Japanese from just one week ago. So they're definitely still open um and the pictures look <laughs> the pictures look great man it looks amazing it looks a little bit uh, a little bit of a uh what's our place in fukuoka uh, a little jab oh you know that jab kind of like,
0: yeah yeah kind yeah of, it's got kind that, kind that same like, vibe yeah for sure
1: little little bit of that vibe where yeah coffee and a, and a, you know kind of a little bit of a lunch thing so i think um yeah, I I feel like getting on a plane right now down to Imbari. But wow, it does look. But the city looks rather run down, doesn't it? Wow.
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's just staggering that these two places are there. Anyway, look, I I I took some photos of the outside and put a uh, pin in it for the next time. So, look, that was Shikoku, and then. Obviously, I stayed on there for another night. Uh, That evening, I went to Dogo Onsen and uh, stayed there in a really nice place and
1: then continued uh, that journey. Did you eat eat the tangerine ice cream? I'm judging from your silence, you did not eat the tangerine ice cream. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to. I don't know.
0: I did have like a local <laughs> beer, but I don't know. I don't know about the ice cream.
1: It's 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 literally the most famous uh, food product from that part of the country is everything is Mekon. You do have Mekon beer, Mekon ice cream. Mekon is tangerine in Japanese. Uh, so so I'm guessing maybe you you, you didn't might somehow need. somehow avoided it. But uh, okay. But you, at least you to I mean, we did get there quite outside. late in the
0: evening. It, maybe it wasn't a night for ice cream, but. Um, and, you had a,
1: and you had a dogo beer, though, because it's a great local brewery, so.
0: That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, look, um, we're going to pick it up in, in episode 62. Uh, uh, again, 2 we're going to focus on two places, but I have to say probably one of them is is in my top three, as I said before. So I reckon uh, we've got a lot to say about that. You've been there, and then there's one other place that I went around to that I think mm. you haven't been to yet. So that's going to be a really nice way to wrap up this uh, most recent trip and the Shikoku leg. But before we do that, I just wanted to um, give a shout-out to Afonso because... You know, you know I, love a, I love a vindication, James. So I just got a message from Alfonso uh, today, actually, on Instagram, who said that, first of all, he, he said it was delighted to hear us talking about Shimoya-san at yeah last week, because uh, apparently he used to have jazz classes there. And he described him as, and I quote, the classic Osaka Ojisan but with jazz. So there you go. <laughs> but... Nice, More importantly nice. than that,
1: Very nice. yeah. the
0: first message that the first message that came through was a picture of a ship's wheel, and the the just the message the tanuki was pretty tall. So there <laughs> you go. Ah, so, so there you go. I knew it was bigger than well, you this know, little so, tiny ornament you what, were describing.
1: What, what can I say? As, as, as a six foot two, uh, one hundred and eighty three centimeter tall man, um, you know, sometimes those things look a little small to me. What can I say? Fair enough. Fair enough. Look, James,
0: um, we're gonna. Chat about the book and the whole second edition whirlwind next week, but we've already hit the sixty minute mark and gone
1: beyond. So, yes, my my beer glass is uh, my beer glass is empty and something else is full. So, I would believe that's a good time for us to wrap up. Um, No PR. No PR today. Uh, you know where to find uh, the other greatest podcast that exists online. It's called the OK Jazz Podcast. Episode one number one hundred. I oh, thought so you were talking about the Guardian. Sorry, it's already there. Um, no, Philip, I I have saved a lot of those stories too. Which, um, if you did listen to my other show, you'd know. I had a I had a very interesting visit to Southern California, and I put together a little music mix. So, um, if you did, just loading uh, it up as we speak. Just loading it up <laughs> as we speak. It's rather impossible since I'm recording it tomorrow. But okay, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, right. you know, It'll be, right. it'll be there by the time. Remember the time, <laughs> that two week time thing. Remember, so. <laughs>
0: yep. Yep.
1: Yes. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Uh, talk to you On soon. On that buddy. note.
0: <laughs> all right. Good to talk to you, Nancy, <laughs> yeah. in And episode sixty two.
1: You bet. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.